So the three, you know, Portuguese fishermen, Catholic, die, you know, they're the capsized boat, and they're, you know, up waiting to get through heaven, and, you know, St. Peter has some, like, you know, sympathy for him, so he's going to make it easy getting in. It's like, hey, I'm just going to ask you, you know, one, you know, question to get on in here. So he asked the first guy, it's like, uh, what is uh, Christmas all about? Oh, I know this. This is, uh, this is where, uh, where the pilgrims, they, they, they come and they hit Plymouth Rock and they, they have this settlement and they have this big, this big feast with the, the Indians. He's not politically correct enough to say Native Americans, but anyway, and, 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 you know, St. Peter says, no, 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 that, that's Thanksgiving. Ask the next one. It's like, okay, you, why do we celebrate Christmas? Oh, that's when the uh, the kids they put on the the costumes of the superheroes or or the ghost and they go knocking in door and asking for candy. It's like no, that, that's, that's Halloween. You're not even no. Finally, asked the third one. He goes, oh, okay. Uh, the the baby he he he's born and and the kings come and they see him and there's no room in the hotel. The end. So he sleeps in the manger and. When the kings come and they see the baby, and if the baby sees shadow, <laughs> never mind. No, there's a punchline. No, there's a punchline. <laughs> I'm throwing myself off because I don't know what Portuguese. It's an you Italian were doing a good joke. Portuguese. It's an Italian joke. Ah. And I've always told this Italian joke, and I'm trying to make fun of, like, you know, a race that no one will be mad at me about because let's face it. Like, <laughs> Racism. Don't try this at home. No, no. Uh, scratch that off. No. All right, then keep that blow. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Too late. What is a bad? No breaks. Give me a bad Portuguese American accent. Uh, hey, uh, hey, what, what you uh, come over here for? Uh, come over here a minute. Hey, what are you talking about? I'm a, I'm an Italian guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is there is there a difference? Uh, you know, it's a little. Um, you know, it's a it's a little more. Uh, Spanish oriented, I guess. Okay, I don't know. You should know. <laughs> no, what do I know? I'm only a Portuguese American. <laughs> well, <no. laughs> hey, welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Jacques. I'm Joe, and I'm Jim. Thank you for being here as always, Jim. You're welcome. And thank you for uh, listening to anyone who listened to the side. You listened to the side show the other day. I have not. Then, then you have no idea how special this Christmas was. What with our our own Joseph's rendition of Edith Bunker's um, Santa, Santa Baby, Baby yeah. which was. I, I, I'm gonna have to say was a tad bit more entertaining than your Jimmy Stewart Rudolph, but I'm not saying that Rudolph wasn't spectacular. But Edith Bunker, I should have Santa opened Baby. with Rudolph as with Jimmy Stewart and then closed with Edith. With Bunker. The, yeah, uh, you know when you when you're a two hit wonder, you know <laughs> which really which really is your closing number. I'm gonna have to listen. Yeah, yeah, it, no, it's it, worth a listen. It, it, it really is. But uh, it's funny we have to coerce our our, our podcast own partner. Yeah, uh, but you know that was a fun episode, and it's like. I've been going back and forth. I've got a couple of tweets of like, oh, you left out this Christmas song. Didn't we talk about the 12 pains of Christmas? Okay, because that was uh, that's that's something that you know the little guys now absolutely love and stuff like that, and we've played it maybe twenty times. Oh yeah, we did talk about it. It's like when did sending postcards become a homophobic, you know, a, or, a homosexual, homosexual thing. thing all of a sudden? No, I think he was just happened to be a gay guy writing postcards. Okay, so they had to throw a gay guy in there somewhere, so yes. we'll have him. Well, he's not going to be ringing up the, you know, ringing the up, stringing up the lights. Yeah. Why are they blanking? <laughs> ringing up the lights. 
If you're so smart, you ring him up. Yeah. Yeah. Get me a beer. Get me a beer. Shut up, you. But that was great. All right. So let's get right into it. Jim, who's right here, he's on the podcast. Roy Moore, your thoughts. Um, yeah, you know what? I, uh, I I gotta hand it to you guys. That race was a lot closer than I thought it was gonna be. I thought Roy Moore was gonna win um, a little more handily than he did. Roy Moore? You, uh, I'm sorry. I thought Doug Jones, excuse me. I thought Doug Jones was going to win a little bit more uh, handily than he did. Um, and you guys kind of called that, and I, I was way off. I, I didn't see Roy Moore being able to um, hold it, hold any ground given everything that's going on, but he 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 did. He took you know basically took took a lot a lot of counties outside of the middle of no, the he state. Took, there. The, here, now here's the scary thing, and we've talked about before. Gerrymandering is the worst. You know that in Citizens United is 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 just horrible. And in Alabama last year was found guilty of gerrymandering, but they haven't redrawn the districts yet. Roy Moore won all but one district. And, and, and you're like, well, how is that possible? How did he lose the election but law, you know, won every district but one? Because the way the gerrymandering has worked – I'm he looking looked, at you with leery eyes because I was watching the CNN stuff live. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I he didn't it, win every district except one. I, he won most, like six out of seven districts. The six out of seven, yes, we can, you can go. Oh, maybe I'm thinking. Oh, maybe uh, you're saying districts. I'm thinking counties. Yeah, and so, so, and so, when they redrew the district lines to send people to Congress and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you would think that Alabama is an all red state because they only have. I think one Democratic, like Congressperson, there. The state would be about fifty-fifty if the lines were drawn the way they were before, like two thousand. I think it was two thousand ten, where they redrew the lines and everything like that. And so, I mean, it was the one, the one big district that Jones won. He won by twenty-eight, twenty-nine points. Well, the districts are drawn differently than I mean, counties are counties. Districts are drawn to rep- to assign. Representatives for the House of Representatives, so that's where the gerrymandering really takes effect. Right, and that's so when you see those different districts and you see he won them all except like you know one of the big right. ones. But it's, luckily, it was a straight up. It was ballot. a straight out ballot. Right, right. Straight, so, yeah, so Jones had more voters throughout the state. And the amazing thing about him winning throughout the state is truly, and you heard about it. You heard about all the the intimidation, the the. Texts going out telling people that, oh, your district has been moved, the voting date has been moved, you know, intimidation at it. And again, in the poorest neighborhoods, in the most black neighborhoods, they had like long, like incredibly long hour waits, you know, to vote and stuff like that. But still, people persevered. And people were also uh, encouraged. It's funny, I'm, I'm, you read people on Twitter, you know, like Alyssa Milano, big liberal person. She goes down there. She was literally driving people to the polls. Right. And she also stated, like, look, if you're in line at 7 p.m. and they tell you to leave, don't, because you legally have the right, if you're in line, yes, to, to vote. vote. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they were just – it's funny. You have to tell – like, there's a lot of things you just have to sort of remind people of, like, these are your rights for when it comes to voting. You know, like, even if it says, like, if you show up and you don't have a voter ID, 
but you're registered. Like you don't. There were like ways around it. Like you didn't necessarily. Well, well, people don't know, and it's like just the week before a big announcement goes out that you need an updated driver's license, and then they turned around and what did they do? Close the. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, clo- they, yeah, they closed the DMVs in the state. It's like that's the kind of you know between gerrymandering and between outright dirty tricks and lying. It's amazing that you know they did have you know the votes, and, and the, you know the other thing that we talked about, and I would love your your take on this. You know, uh, Jim, and I, 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 you know, I'm always going to put you on the spot because yeah, you're yeah. the only, you're the only one here. Uh, w- when when a Roy Moore comes out and he openly says, like in the last couple weeks, the country was better off with slavery. Homosexuality is a crime that should be, you know, should have jail time. I mean, and these aren't like cryptic read between the message, Peppy the Frog things. These are flat out. These are his views that we don't need any amendments past the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution, and that's the one that you know gave women the right to vote. That's the one that gave black the right to vote. That's the one that he also, you know, has a number of times says things like the country went to shit in 1965. You know, this is also a guy that the state police came out and said, yeah. Yes, we had to ban him from malls, plural. So even if you don't believe, like, the women allegations, here's a guy who says, you know, being gay is a crime and we should go back to slavery. Yet the GOP, you know, bloaters and the RNC, yes. What's the question? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I think I got the question. I, yeah, I, yeah, I but, think... but how, how? I mean, how does somebody back somebody like this? So he, here's the thing. When you say... He, I don't believe that he was the GOP's candidate. Surprise, surprise, I'm even going to come to Trump's defense here. He wasn't Trump's candidate. If you remember the— Luther Strange. L- Luther Strange. If you remember, Good movie, by the way. <clears throat> he, he, was, he wasn't the candidate. Um, Trump, the GOP, however you want to say it, they really didn't want anything to do with this guy. This guy was, was pushed, shoved down their throats. By they Steve did, Bannon. They did—he he was pushed down their throats. He was, exactly. he was there. He got the nomination. Um, we're in contentious battles, as you know, over health care. We're in contentious battles, as you know, with this tax reform and all that stuff. So I think it was really shoved down his throat. What it came down to is he was the GOP candidate, and he had nowhere to go. He needed that seat. Uh, he did back him. That's something that's either going to be held against him down the line or not held against him down the line. I don't know where people are going to go with that. But truthfully, I don't see that having a long-standing impact on him. That's just my my personal opinion. Um, I don't look at it. I don't know if his supporters are going to necessarily look at it as he backed a pedophile or he backed or he backed a you know a pedophile or or a racist or anything like that. The the piece that and and again I'm the first one to admit I didn't think he was going to do as well as he did. I didn't think it was going to be as close as it was. You guys were right. I was wrong in that. I thought Doug Jones was was going to have this thing in hand by, you know, four, five, six, seven points, tr- truthfully speaking. But I was... And by the I way, was, as of this recording, Roy Moore hasn't conceded uh, yet. He has not conceded yet. But yeah, that's, that's again, that's and, uh, that is what it is. Another I, note is that this is also... The, is this the second time, I think, in, in within the last year that the GOP has had a candidate thrust upon them that they've been forced <laughs> to have to sort of I don't re- I don't recall is there were, I, I don't know that it no sounds one, that, that, that kind of familiar that they might have had a anybody but movement inside but until, at, until he was the candidate until, yeah. but at the end of the day still so when the allegations started to get hot and heavy the RNC pulled funding for about two weeks at the time when they pulled funding more was up by six seven seven eight points as that gap closed and they they started to see oh shit 
They started putting money the funnel back. went on, and, and that's and in. that's when you know Bloater started like openly campaigning for him, robocalling, Robo actually recording robocalls for him. So yeah. not like, oh, I'm going to send out one tweet and whatever happens happens. Right, and to hold a rally for him in Pensacola, Florida, it was like. Whatever, it's pretty awesome that to <laughs> campaign for a guy who's in Alabama, you go to the border of Alabama Pensacola, and in yeah. Pensacola, and just just because it's like that much closer to Mar-a-Lago, right? Like, right. Know, I'm not actually setting foot in Alabama, but you know. <laughs> well, now here here's the next you know hurdle, and and again, this is why these are the these are the things that I absolutely say the GOP is horrible and borders on being a terrorist organization. Um, and two- I disagree with both those statements, by the way. Okay, but, I, I, go no. ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm go no. ahead. I, I'm they border. So, so, so they border on terrorism. So the, the, the NRA, they're straight up terrorist uh, organization. Yes, agreed. Okay, agreed. Go now go in on. In 2010, when there was an open seat in Massachusetts for te- when Ted Kennedy passed away, there was a runoff election and Scott Brown won. This was during you know the push for the ACA, which became known as Obamacare. Scott Brown won. A runoff election in December, Mitch McConnell insisted that they would shut down the government and they wouldn't do anything and they wouldn't allow them to take a vote until Scott Brown got seated. He had to be seated immediately. At the time, when when the ACA you know process started, the Democrats held the House 60 to 40. They had a filibuster-proof majority. Scott Brown wins the runoff election. And Mitch McConnell holds everything up, and and they made them seat Scott Brown instantly, not go to the winter break before they seat him. Seat him, and he said it's not fair to the American people to not seat him before the vote. Well, what we know what ended up happening. I mean, Obamacare gets gutted because of Scott Brown winning that election. Now, here it is seven years later. The roles are exactly reversed. They're trying to rush through a horrible tax bill without any hearings or public anything. They only have a two-person margin to get this through. And now Mitch McConnell, the same person. I mean, that's the thing. It's not like, oh, here's another GOP leader. This is the exact same person. He was minority leader in 2010. Now he's majority leader. And he's saying, no, he will not seat Jones until after, after the winter session. And at the same time, they're saying we will get this tax bill through before Christmas. So he right. will and, – uh, and, and the Democrats are coming out saying, wait a minute. You should swear him in before. Luther Strange should be out because by your own words, Mitch McConnell, the reason that you you held up the, the SCOTUS seat is you're like, we have an election coming up in a year. We have to let the people spoke. The people spoke in Alabama. Doug Jones won. Seat him. Allegedly. Allegedly, seat him now. But it's like, but but you look confused. Do you not? Uh... No, I'm I'm listening. I'm just I'm just listening. But yeah, you. it's the same guy, you know, with roles reversed. Now saying, oh, you know, it's a moving goalpost. It's like, oh, because your guy won. If, if let's face it, if Roy Moore won, they would have said, Luther, thank you for your service. You know, Roy Moore will take it from here. Agreed. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just to go back a little bit on what you're saying. I don't think if the Republicans fall in line, I don't believe, assuming, for the sake of argument, if Roy, if Roy Jones, yeah, if Doug Jones was 
uh, into the vote. I don't. I don't believe if all the Republicans were to fall in line, I don't think it would do anything to prevent the vote from no that from prevailing. So right. I, I I don't know what Senator McConnell's intentions are. I'm not going to assume them. They may or may not be a tactic to prevent him from coming in and voting. I have no idea. I think if they are concerned about it, and I think I said this the last time I was here, it's because I don't know if there is truly all full buy-in from all the Republicans necessary. I know they keep, we keep hearing the reports that this is good, it's going to go, it's going to happen. I know the last time I was here, you you guys saying, no, it's going to pass, it's going through. And I kind of said, ah, I'm not so sure it will. Well, here we are, we're a week or two out. But they did. They, they passed the initial... Correct. No, and I, I understand that. I'm I'm talking about at the end of the day, this thing being signed, done, acted in the law. I, I don't know if we're there. You, you were still getting a lot of feedback slash, I'll call kickback, from, from several Republican senators, never mind anything like the addition of a Right, but where, where Mitch McConnell was adamant when Scott Brown won in 2010, you have to seat him and seat him now. And now he's saying, no, we're not going to cede him. You know, part of Roy Moore not conceding is he, you know, you don't get a recount, an automatic recount, unless you're within, you know, 0.5, you know, percent. And that's for a federal thing. And the, 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 um, who do you call it that? The head um, vote counter for the state who openly said, yes, I voted for Moore, but he's not, even if we wait for all these write ins to be tallied, even if we wait for the overseas military count, he's not going to be within this margin. And he can only get a recount if he pays for it. But then, you know, they had to come out the next day. It's like, oh, you can only pay for a recount for a statewide. That's not a federal thing. But it's one of those things if they, if they want to play the, oh, we're waiting for him to concede and waiting for it to be certified. You know, the state governor is, is a Republican. The state attorney general is a Republican. They can hold it up for a couple of weeks. But at the end of the day, Mitch McConnell was adamant about Scott Brown being set right away. And now he's openly saying we're not going to seat him until after the new year. Well, let me put it to you this way to relax you on maybe this health care bill. <laughs> to relax you on this health care bill going through. To my point, if he had all the Republican votes in hand, I don't know he would be super concerned about Doug Jones's vote. So the fact that he is concerned, I think, may lead to my point that he isn't sure he has all the Republicans in his pocket for this vote, which I kind of believe myself, just given what I'm hearing reports about uh, even Rubio as early as this morning or yesterday right. had his concerns with the child portion of the, uh, chip. Of he, the bill. He's voting. Oh, um, we're talking about the uh, chip. Well, that's what Mario has said, basically. He no. wants. He wants I, think he didn't, I think uh, since uh, like two hours ago, he's voted. He, he's leaning yes. That he's going to be supporting them. Of course he. I mean, they, they will all, until the ninth hour, I mean, all the people who, you know, like the McCains and stuff like that, who, you know, the two women from Alaska, the one from Alaska and Maine, who in the ninth hour said no. Um, but Mike Pence was scheduled this coming Tuesday to get on a plane to go to a Mideast summit, and he has postponed that trip, knowing that he might have to be the deciding vote. Perfect. So he's sticking around. Because if they don't sit, you know, Jones... And and one and two two senators vote the other way and it's fifty fifty. So if Jones comes in and two senators come out either way, um, well let's let's move on to the next uh, wonderful thing: net neutrality. No net longer neutrality. a thing. And again, it went down to a partisan vote. Three Republicans on the FCC, you know, board voted to do away with net neutrality. The two Democrats said, "Of course we have to keep net neutrality." And then of course, you know, Donnie Littlehand Jr. comes out and he tweets out today. It's like, oh, all these people pissed about net neutrality. Well, it, it was Obama's pick. Right. Like, no, dude, dude, First, he spelled. He said net neutrality. 
I was like, so you already he misspelled net hashtag net neutrality. Secondly, yes, he got Obama mixed up with his father somehow. Right, right. he was blaming the, the, the I, I'm not even going to try to say the guy's name who's the head oh, of... Oh, Ajit Pai. Thank you. Who's the head of the FCC, who's also in trouble for using uh, he put, he he thinks he's going to put out a funny PSA, why net neutrality is bad, and he uses um, oh, the Harlem Harlem Shake song without permission, and the people, the copyright owners of that are like, hey, asshole. You don't want to get the RIAA on your ass. You really do not. But, that's the thing. It's like, here's Donnie Little Hands saying, oh, these idiots don't even know that it was Obama who put him in there, and they don't even know what net neutrality is. It's like, no, a lot of people have been talking about this for quite some time. That's Donald was, Trump Jr., by the way. Right, that's what I said. Oh, I said, I said Donnie Hands oh, Jr. Oh, Donnie Little Hands. Yeah, Donnie Jr. Little Hands, right. Exactly. I'm a little slow on this because I'm hearing this on a net <laughs> on, a, on a net delay, and our podcast is so insignificant that we do not get uh, the speedy delivery. So let's just back this up a little bit. When, sure. we, when we covered net neutrality before, we talked about how certain data is going to be traveling faster than other data, given who's providing that data, whether it's a big big business or whether it's a smaller business. It's going to depend on how fast your data travels. Um Anybody who knows me knows I'm not a super, super tech guy, so I don't know super, super much about this. Joe, we kind of talked about this a little bit off here, so from your side, give me the, 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 the consumer version of this. Where do, we, where do I get affected as a consumer, or where do uh, all these hundreds of thousands of uh, Carnival personnel listeners, <laughs> where do they get hit in their pockets with this, uh, with this net neutrality? So now that net neutrality is supposedly going away, it gives Internet service providers like Comcast and Verizon a lot more power over who gets to travel in the fast lane when it comes to Internet. Uh, you know, which uh, services, for example, like Spotify, where you listen to on, uh, online streaming music, or Netflix when you watch online streaming video, they'll be charged or can be charged a substantial fee to basically have their information travel in the fast lane on the Internet. If otherwise they don't if they hold up Netflix for ransom basically and they don't pay Netflix doesn't pay their exorbitant fees or whatever they feel is an exorbitant fee even if it's not an exorbitant fee they just, Netflix just does not want to pay extra so that their customers don't have a harder time watching their stuff they can put a chokehold on um, on those ter- services but the the bigger thing is that if Netflix has to say Netflix has to capitulate and say okay fine we're gonna pay your fees but we're not taking this out of our pockets, we're just going to raise our monthly rates to all our Netflix users to cover this fucking fee that Comcast and Verizon and all these ISPs are making us pay so that you can get the fastest possible service for for our product. Um, and then, like, on the other side, you have smaller sites that aren't Amazon, that aren't the, the big boys, that are going to have to also maybe potentially have to pay some sort of like a, a little back pocket fee. Is it, does your management go to a site? Is it, is it at, at, Epi? Oh, Etsy? Etsy, right. Etsy. Now, somebody like Etsy is not going to be able to afford to compete with a with an eBay. It depends, right. Etsy is like a online Right, but, thing. That, but that's what I mean. That That's more of a smaller business. Right. They, I they mean, might the, not be able to And compete. that's probably the stuff that nobody's going to pay. That glosses over most people's eyes. What, what's going to catch most people's attention, like Jim, is why is it now I'm paying Netflix? I used to pay $9.99, and now I'm paying $15.99? Why? And the, the potential is that... Because they have to pay f- so exorbitant fees to internet providers so that they could get better service. But most likely, Netflix is going to 
to uh they're gonna fight they, this. They, they they may fight this, but if if it's a losing battle, they're gonna pay the they're gonna pay the price yeah. to be competitive in their market. So, but let's let's bring it down to 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 our <laughs> carnival personnel. What 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 what's going to happen to the carnival personnel product? What, how is it going to? It's only going to get our, better. How is right. it going to affect our listeners? Like, a, yeah, a, it won't. A, are we going to be slow? Are we going to be? Are we? Yeah, well, I just can't spell. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, exactly. What what's what, what's going to happen to our listeners? Honestly, we're it's a podcast. Yes. Yeah. We're <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we stream on services like iTunes and Google Play podcasts are probably not going to be as effective because they're under a bigger umbrella. Um, but if we weren't on like a big podcast service, you know, if we were on some sort of like, a, you know, a, a, an independent website that provides the same kind of service, then they might have a, a tougher time getting their ser- their product to be uh, streamed as fast. And but I Okay, so like, I, I guess my question is, and maybe this is part of my ignorance, what does that look like? Let's say we sold carnival personnel t-shirts Done. and i and i want and i wanted and our customers wanted to oh if we want to go to customers excuse me our listeners wanted to wanted to order them because they're just avid carnival personnel listeners um like like if we set up a carnival personnel.com yeah like what how do we get it now how do we I set it on the air how do we just how do we just uh how it, do we like, that would yeah again it would be like all right so if we have a small website you know it all it would all depend like we would probably have to pay Either we would have to pay for faster speeds, probably not the case. What would most likely happen is that we would just be denied a very f- fast, almost instantaneous internet experience. You know, it would be like, like Jacques said in previous episodes, it would be like dial-up speeds in the 90s comparatively. It wouldn't be as such, but compared to the bigger sites, like eBay would load like right away. Well, you said it best. Like, and you know, the big companies are on six lane highway, you know, and we're taking Route Two. Um, yeah. The the other the, now here is the the sky isn't falling thing. There are certain states that have come out already and have said, you know, well, in our state, if you want to do business in this state, you have to have a level playing field. And there's different attorney generals around the country and different people who are already filing. And it's like one of those things, like with, um, you know, what, what they used to call like, you know, access television, and now it's access media. Is, am I, is that a proper term? Community media. Community media. You know, way back when, when cable companies started to be a thing, there was deals. Okay, we will let you sell cable in this town, but you have to provide a public service. And that there are some things that the cable companies had to give back to the communities in order to come in there and do business. And that's what some of these states are now coming out and saying. Plus, at the at, you know, here's the other thing. The next election, the next real election that means something is 11 months away. And if if this really does start to hurt people or or affect people like we think it might, like everything else, and a new wave of, you know, Dems come in and take the House, take the Senate, there's going to be a new FCC chair. And therefore, you know, things like this can be overturned. This isn't just because net neutrality went away now doesn't mean it has to be gone forever. So it Correct. It, it is it is not the end all be all. So just just lastly, I know uh, this is maybe oh, a this bias. is so boring. This maybe a biased point of view. No, I'm just I'm trying to learn about this. I, honestly, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Right. I know Mark Cuban has pretty openly spoken against this. I'm guessing that that's probably a very biased point of view. And last lastly, I, in to Jacques' point, which is kind of important. This uh, a Jeep pie. He is. Um, yeah. 
the commissioner, but he also was a uh, an attorney for a pretty big late uh, company that. Verizon. Verizon. For Verizon, yeah. so yeah. I, I get all that. Little, little I, I'm just company. trying to, I'm just trying to get you know my head around the whole thing. I know we took a little bit of time. It, with it gives, that, it basically gives more power to internet providers and then less power to the rest of the is internet. Verizon in the internet world are they? Are they? Do they stand? Uh... Yes, I'm being. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Felicia. I wanted. I, I don't. Oh, okay. What? Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Go so, ahead, Joe. So what Jacques is referring to is something that we as three middle-aged white guys just learned about this week, thanks to Robin Roberts from Good Morning America. We're in the know. We're we, street. When you think street. We're in the N-O. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the know. So Robin Roberts, who is a anchor on Good Morning America on ABC, uh, was wrapping up a report from the White House basically saying that Omarosa it, it was this conflicts, whether Omarosa had been let go uh, from the White House, or if she quit because she felt like there wasn't enough of a, um, a diversity in the White House administration, and uh, she felt kind of lonely out there. But Omarosa is also known as the apprentice contestant from years past, who is basically a very awful, mean, vindictive, terrible person, and wants to put herself out there and get as much media attention so she can sell her product and sell her brand or whatever. And I guess Robin Roberts had a little bit of a chip on her shoulder when it came to Omarosa and hearing the story. So when they threw to her to wrap up, she said something to the effect of, well, I'm, she says she has a story, and I'm sure she's going to sell that story. Bye, Felicia. And bye, Felicia is a reference to the Ice Cube mu- movie from 1995, Friday, in which a character named Felicia, who's like the neighborhood kind of mooch, she's the epitome of the bitch you just want to tell the fuck off. Uh, because she brings nothing to the table, she's all about herself, she has no concern for anybody else, and in the movie, Ice Cube basically tries to dismiss her and get her out of the conversation, and just get her off his porch, and she's, uh, you know, she wants to borrow somebody's car, and she's, uh, she's denied, and then she turns to Ice Cube's character to plead her case, and Ice Cube just looks off into the distance and just goes, bye, Felicia, and that's become some sort of internet meme, as of more recently, probably in the last five years cold like in the look on 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 her face was just it like it was priceless yeah if there was an emmy for uh shade <laughs> yeah, she would, well, yeah yeah she would be the winner for the next two years so i i start seeing that like on twitter it's like oh my god did roberts just say bye felicia and and by the way you're welcome carnival personnel listeners f- f- to have bye felicia explained to you by a 40 year old <laughs> white guy um and made it extremely boring i mean it's like Finally tonight, bye Felicia. John Oliver would have made it more cooler than I just did. <coughs> more cooler, but that now has uh, has has become part of my lexicon going forward. Because oh, good. Now that Jacques saying bye Felicia, we can say bye bye Felicia. <laughs> so what's next on our agenda? So we've been spending uh, the month of December doing sideshows dedicated to Christmas topics. We've been dedicating a little space in each uh, regular carnival personnel talking about our favorite Christmas specials. And to that effect, we were going to talk about a Christmas special this week that we'll talk about at the end that we're going to do a sideshow of. And instead of talking about a specific Christmas special, when Joe and I were talking the other day, I'm like, oh, man, we haven't brought up – I don't know if it's a Christmas song or just a monologue. It's my favorite Christmas monologue. It's Steve Martin. If I had one wish – Yeah, it's a skit. The famous Steve Martin skit. If I had one wish – 
It would be for all of the children of the world to hold hands in perfect harmony. If I were to have two wishes, it would be for a billion dollars. It would be oh. the children, of course. Oh, no. oh, the children, of course. No, if I could have two wishes, it would be, yeah. The children, of course. And $30 million a month, tax-free, and a Swiss bank account, and my name. If I could have three wishes, it would be to have... You know, the crap of the kids, the money, <laughs> and a year-long orgasm. <laughs> Run on to me by, and I forget who he mentioned, it's like like ladies at the time, and Paulina, the swimsuit model. So we started talking about uh, our favorite SNL Christmas, because I think SNL has made Christmas its bitch about 40 years ago. Um, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, <laughs> yeah. but it, it literally, it has owned Christmas way back from Eddie Murphy's Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood when he comes in as- Who is it? <laughs> when he comes in Santa Claus. I'm like Santa Claus, except I take stuff from your house. <laughs> you know, he has a Salvation Army, like, starter kid. Right. He goes, I can clear 300 bucks a day. <laughs> it's a shame Christmas only comes once a year. <laughs> Is that Eddie Murphy over there? I can't see so good. Uh, Jim, do you have any favorite SNL Christmas moments or skits? I, I, what's uh, oh my my favorite guy, Kevin Nealon? There, the Kevin Nealon skit there with uh, where they believe in Santa Claus and they uh, they come downstairs every morning, every Christmas, and there's and there's nothing there because. They don't get that there isn't a Santa Claus that they're supposed, as parents, they're supposed to put the presents out. For some reason, I like that one. That's the first one that jumped into my head. I mean, I was thinking more like uh, Hanukkah Harry. Uh, yeah, right. And the Hanukkah song was a skit. On, it was part of the news. It was, you know, Sandler came on at, and did it on the uh, on SN, on the Saturday Night Live News. And, and it's since done like five renditions of it. I, I mean, it's funny. If you, you Google it, you know, find it on the YouTubes or you just hear different versions where he's done it in front of stadiums. Uh, some of my other favorite SNL skits, you know. Sweaty Balls has to be one of, like, I don't know if Alec Baldwin has had a better shining moment. No, yeah, forget his Trump impersonation. This. Sweaty Balls. Sweaty Balls. Uh, Everybody likes my, ooh, they're salty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, oh, I put it in my mouth, they're really warm. (laughs) We Uh, should talk like that on our podcast. Hi. (laughs) Welcome to Counter of a Personnel. Chris Farley had a great uh, skit where he was, what what was the motivational speaker? Matt Foley. (laughs) Have you seen this, Jim, where he's Santa? (laughs) I remember it kind of. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, you know, he. You know, it's typical. You know, uh, that, that that skit where he gets more agitated with the kid and his kids. It's kids around him asking for toys, which didn't go so well. And we can't. We'd be remiss if we didn't uh, mention Andy Samberg, Justin Timberlake's "Dick in a Box." Uh, that <laughs> honestly, I, I think I think that launched a whole new level of happiness in my world that cemented andy samberg's role as like a digital short guy and and and, and musical artist on that from that sketch and also cemented justin timberlake as a bona fide comic actor justin timberlake for a good three four four five years hosted the christmas special and he owned it like management one of our collective favorite skits is he had a running skit where he was always like um, the guy with like the, he dressed like the hamburger helper guy right right a, 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 a gigantic like one time he was a, a big package like a gift wrapping thing yeah. and one time he was um, a hot dog 
giving it up for Homelessville. <laughs> you know, where him and Santa were competing on the same corner. And oh, I'm trying to think of who played Santa. Had a little, a tiny little speaker, and he just it's probably Horatio Sands. It was, it was, and I'm trying to think, but it was great. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, he was. Those those Justin Timberlake, you know, running Christmas, and it was always the same kind of skit, but a different outrageous, like, subway, subway, you know, sandwich, you know, costume, uh, you know, but, but you know, as far as Horatio Sands, that little band between, it was Horatio Sands, Jimmy Fallon, Tracy Morgan, and who was the fourth one? Chris Kattan. Yeah. You know, do, 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 do. Uh, I can't even. And then there was also, going back even further, there was Kevin Nealon, John Lovitz, and Phil Hartman, who played Tarzan, Tonto, and Frankenstein, <laughs> singing, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Ah! Ah! Fire bad! Ah! Man, whatever happened to Phil Hartman? He was shot in the face by his wife, and then she killed herself. <laughs> Asking rhetorically. Oh, <laughs> whoops! Talk about yeah, Christmas kids. <laughs> uh, to end on a Phil Hartman note, a very heart. This actually made me cry. Like I, I'm going to admit, that I cried when I saw that. Or I, I, I teared up. I didn't cry, guys. Don't cry. We tear up. Uh, when Jan Hooks died, the that Christmas they played like a very heartwarming black and white skit. It was like a film sketch where. Phil Harbin played like a wooden soldier and Jan Hooks played like this wind-up doll and they had like a dance and then they, you know, they had like a kind of a waltz ballroom moment and it was beautiful. And But it was just like to see them both on the screen and like yeah. a very, and it was like, you know, there was no dialogue. It was just like music and dancing and it was just like, oh, oh, I'm a, I'm a human being. I don't like this feeling. <laughs> Get back um, to the fart jokes. He but was it, great on news radio too. Yeah, it, and it's it's funny because I've heard if you ever hear John Levitz talk about when he got called to replace Phil Hartman on news radio, and it was like, you know, oh my God. It, but but all of his friends were like. You know, as awfully cliche as it is, it's like he would want this. Like he would definitely want somebody he knows and really loves to do this. And and you know, you you have to take this job type thing. But he really didn't want to. It's like you, you nobody know. should have taken that job. It was hard. I mean, it was just a bad, bad scene. But you know, I mean, it was a tragedy. They had to move on, and that was that. Well, now I'm going to have to pay for some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> How will we do that? I, we're going to have to go to our defunct sponsor of the week. Christmas shopping is rough on the feet. By the time we were through, I was really beat. Finished the list, my wife said we're set. Now I wanted a cigarette. Where were mine? Out in the car. She said, tell me how you think these are. Viceroy, that's a change for you. Try them. You change too. She said, Viceroy tastes the way you'd like a filter cigarette to taste. Not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got... That taste, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, Christmas morning was merry and bright. The perfect gift, the taste that's right. Now I know, and I'll take all bets, if you smoke all seven filter cigarettes, you'll find some too strong, some too light. But Viceroy's got the deep weave filter and the taste that's right. Not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. And jumping right back into the Christmas holiday, the the Patriots were in a very charitable uh, mood last Sunday, giving a gift to the, uh, I think, the maybe 5,000 Miami Dolphin fans that bothered to show up for the game last week, which was nice of them to show up because the Patriots did it. 
Not all of them. I mean, some of them were suspended. Some <laughs> yes. of them were injured. But but seriously, and of course, you know, the worst thing about, again, now Tom Brady is now 7-9 and nine in Miami, but Tom Brady played awful, and the line wasn't there. Again, Gronk wasn't there, but it started the whole talk of like, see, this is it. This is the beginning of the end. It caught up with him. He's not going to be able to go. Like, the next three games are going to be blah, blah, blah. You know, this, they should have kept. There's actually people like, they should have kept Garoppolo. You know, this is it. This is. And it's like, he sucked. He had a bad game. He really had a bad game. And all the excuses you can make, no Garoppolo, uh, no, no Gronk, a couple offensive linemen. But he was. He was throwing it behind people. He was throwing it in front. Tom Brady played a bad game. He's going to play a bad game. He is one of the two, three best quarterbacks this year in the NFL. He's still going to have a bad game. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, who's been amazing the last five, six weeks, had a six-interception game earlier, or five-interception game earlier this year. But that's who the Patriots play this week is the Steelers. And the thing is, okay, was that a hiccup in the road? Did they overlook Miami? You know, they played them just two weeks ago. Thoughts on the Steelers coming up Sunday? Gentlemen, anyone? This is for all the marbles. Um, this this has got huge implications. If the Patriots are able to pull it, pull it off, it brings everybody to, uh, I believe, what it, they'll, they'll both be 10-3, and three, right? Obviously, they will hold, at that point, they'll control their own destiny. If they if the Patriots can win this game, they hold, they'll hold uh, their destiny three, in there. Sorry. It will be 11-3. and three. Well, if they win this game, they'll they'll... They'll hold their destiny in their hands. Right. Um, if, yeah, if they went out, if, then they would have. It, it, it's it. So this is this is for everything. This is for where the AFC Championship game is going to be played, most likely. Now, now, as Patriot fans, we're assholes mm. and cocky and overconfident, and that's I think one of the problems. It's like okay. For the last like five to six seasons, oh, week nine, we're playing Denver, and that's going to decide who's going to host the AFC title game. The the AFC title game, um, for the one listener who maybe isn't a football person, the AFC title game is the third round of the playoffs. So we're, we're assuming, okay, so the Patriots beat Pittsburgh. They're going to walk over Buffalo. They're going to walk over the Jets. They don't play week one. They're going to walk over whoever they play in the divisional round. We're worried about a game that's going to be played in five weeks from now. I get it. I get it. Um, but, but you're right. But you, you know, it's it. I'm going to throw a caveat out there, and this goes, I'm going to say this as a warning to both uh, Pittsburgh and uh, the Patriots, neither team, whether it's on their home field or not, is going to walk over the Jaguars. That defense is for is for real. Yeah, you keep waiting um, for them to fade. Uh, yeah, and it, I don't th- I don't think it's going to happen only because of the defense. I understand the 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 quarterback issues with Blake Bortles, um, but he's done he's done very 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 well this year as managing ma- as a manager as a game manager. Um, if that continues, um, which I think it probably could, there's a lot of good influence there between Marone as well as Tom Coughlin in the top uh, in the top spot. There. That, that's that's a name that gives Pat's fans nightmare yeah, right there. Not not anybody yep. on the defense. You said the name that keeps us up yeah. at night. The only good news is that, you know he's uh, he's what is he? he well, he's, president of operations. He's two he's two and zero oh against us in Super Bowls, but I believe he's zero oh and one against us in conf- AFC conference championships <laughs> games. If you remember. Remember um, 
back in the day there we had when Bledsoe was the quarterback. Right, in but Tom, but Tom Coughlin, I mean, and again goes down there, and in a year, I mean, the Jaguars are the team that everybody keeps talking about moving to London. Mm-hmm. They they've played a game in London almost every year for I want to say five or six years now. They were always the team that go over there, and the joke is, wait, we want people in London to like the NFL. Why are we sending the Jaguars? Why? And the Jaguars usually lose. I don't want to exaggerate. By 78 points a game when they go over there. They've had a rough couple of years, there's no doubt. But the the whole time they've been building that defense, that, that there's a there's a lot of number one, number two, number three, number four draft picks in that in that defense that goes beyond Marone taking over this year. Um, but Tom a, Coughlin being there, I mean, it's also uh, uh, one of those like things. It starts with the good organizations. It doesn't just start with the coach. It starts with the GM. It starts with the president, and it's a culture. And, and he has turned the culture around down there in a year. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and he has, and and uh, uh, Fournette has been a big uh, has been a big uh, addition at running back, and it, it, it's it's a lot it's a lot of fun for them down there right now. Honestly, I I wouldn't be shocked to see them upset somebody. I wouldn't be shocked. Well, that's and and again, I mean, you you say the end any given Sunday again the the cliche sports cliches, but Kansas City has been one of the best teams in fo- like first ten weeks. Who were the best team in football last four weeks? Not so much. You know the other team that I don't want to play, the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers. The Chargers started off like two and six. Two and seven, something crazy like that. But their five losses, including the one to the Patriots that we got lost because we were too intent listening to Joe and I come back from the Jets game, that went down. They've lost uh, out of their six losses, five or six of them were by a field goal or less. You know, they've came down. They've been in every single game they've played, and instead of finding a way to lose the last four or five weeks, he found a way to win. So it's not the cakewalk. I mean, I don't want to play the Chargers. I don't want to play Kansas City again. You know, I mean, you're hoping that a fluke happens. And <laughs> I just uh, basically to uh, maybe put both the Patriots fans and the Steelers fans at issue. I, I, I basically just gave the Jaguars a kiss of death. If you remember at the beginning of the year, how highly I spoke of the Kansas City Chiefs. Why, why and, uh, wouldn't you? They, like they came out week one to July. And yeah, put a and beat down on the Super Bowl was, champs. I, I was convinced. I was convinced that day that going into that game that that game was for a home field advantage in the in the playoffs now, in the AFC. People at the time, I they, was convinced. I really was. They came out seven and one, eight and one. I mean, they they were like seven and one in the KC. Chiefs are a team I've dealt with before, and it was like three or four weeks ago. They started saying, "Hey, we got to start looking at like you know I, anthem singers for the Berry." Yeah, I, I, I know they lost. What is, is it? Eric Berry is that is that his name? The uh, the the safety there that they they lost. He battled cancer previously. Yeah, I believe it's Eric. It's Berry. I believe it's Eric Berry. When they lost him, I was like, I was like, eh. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a tough pill to swallow, but they'll be fine. And <laughs> that hasn't been the case at all. I think what are they two and six, two and. Yeah. Two and six cents, something like it's. It, 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 I, I've given them the kiss of the death. The wheels have come off. Well, I'm convinced. You, you know, give, give give the rest of the AFC a kiss of death. People are like, oh, you know, you you, you want to challenge going into the Super Bowl? No. No, I don't. If I, if, if I could have like the worst team the week before upset somebody and the last play of the game, their quarterback gets knocked out, I'll take it. I will take – like if you saw who I went to the prom with, you know I don't care how you get there. All right. Now that we talked about the second best sport in America, let's just – can we jump into the first best sport, which is, in my view, boxing uh, real quick. Um, last weekend um, – 
Hey, you know what? I think I'm surprised as far as boxing goes that it does not attract more people in in the gay community. I mean, you're talking two buffed guys oiled up fighting over a purse. I mean, if that doesn't say, <laughs> wow! And you didn't even dust that off. You just went right for it. What did you have to say about boxing? Uh, boxing at it last weekend. Um... What was I going to say? Oh, I'm sorry. Rigandow fought um, Lomachenko. Lomachenko is the Russian two-time gold medal champion. I believe he's already 33 years old. He spent so much time in the... Uh, oh, break in, you. In, in the uh, in the, uh, in the amateurs, but... Uh, what a what a prime and and Rigandow is no is no slouch. He came into the fight under the undefeated. He also is a two time Cuban gold medalist in the Olympics. Two different classes fought that night. Um, the, the Lomachenko is just 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 a primed 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 young young. Are these man. heavyweights? No, they're not. They fight at actually 130 pounds. Probably ultimately you're going to start seeing them fight for big money at 135, 140 pounds. But uh, they are currently fighting anywhere between 120 and 130. They sounded like Chinese food orders. <laughs> I'll have some Lomachenko. <laughs> and, uh, who's the other guy? If, if, if you're Patrick not, Cow? Uh, Rigadow. Rigadow. first name's escaped. I said no Rigadow on my Lomachenko. <laughs> yeah, 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 guys, if you're not boxing fans, if these are these are the type of exciting guys that you would... Lomachenko is going to be the type of guy that you're going you're gonna to watch if you're not a boxing fan. He's but he, the tough thing. <laughs> the tough thing that boxing has is exactly that. You're talking about these two guys, and and uh, I. I hate to say it, but it, the facts are the facts. You're watching two chihuahuas, and people want to see two, two like literally mastiffs, two, right? Mastiffs going at it, and and it's funny. That's I, where the UFC comes in. Well, I, I did, I did a project for the WEC, which got you know uh, integrated with the UFC about six, seven years ago, because the WEC had the 135, the 125, 30 pound guys. I did like you know six fighting profiles on these guys. The most amazing, scary athletes you've ever seen. They're all like 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, you know, yeah. rip like yeah. Jesus, and yeah. you see him in the ring, and it's like, man... You know, and, and and you know, like you know, you could get your twelve best friends in the ring with them, and the, this guy would eat him for lunch. But the person at home, and and toll boxing gets heavyweights right, excited yeah, about no, heavyweights. Yep. Right now, that's not it, it's not as dominant as it was in the eighties and nineties with the Tyson's, the Holyfields, obviously the the Tommy Morrison's. Then that that whole that you whole, are the only one who puts the, the golden whole, age of heavyweights yeah. and throws in Tommy Morrison. Well, you got to throw in a Tommy yeah, Morrison. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, there's always there's there's a, there's a lot to to go back to. There's Jerry Quarry. There's a, there's a lot of guys. The earliest '70s you, you can go back to. I believe Quarry even beat Foreman at one point. You, you either um, need you either need one of two things. You need heavyweights. Or you need personalities like, you know, like the motherfucking personalities. Right, exactly. Well, Mayweather had it for a while, but when you go back and you, and you think of like, you know, uh, Marlis Marvin Hagler and, Hagler. and, and mm-hmm. all those guys who just have to be bigger than life. You either got to have the heavyweights or, and, and, and well, and that I shouldn't say that. I don't know. This could be a huge worldwide thing, but when you're talking to Russian and a Cuban to an American audience, of not heavyweights. Yeah, outside of Miami or outside of a large Russian area, you're not going to fill the stadium. I get it, but but these guys are filling the stadiums. This Lomachenko, he's 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 going to be exciting for for a long long time to come. Where was um, this fight? They fought, I believe. Uh, where did they fight? They fought in Madison Square Garden, or oh, really? one of the little building, one of the little set stages out to the theater. At, I think it, I believe it's called what the theater at Madison Square Garden. 
it wasn't a great fight, but it was a fight that really showed that Lomachenko is here and he's not going anywhere. And I, I don't anticipate anybody being able to take his lunch money for, for quite it's a while. I want to talk about lunch and Lomachenko. I want to order Chinese. <laughs> there we go again. All right. Now we got to get to my favorite time of the week, which is Joe's random video game review of the week. Oh, yeah, I got to talk. All right. Uh, I'm going to go find it. Whatever. Well, while he goes to get that, my lock of last week All is, right. is 3128 Pats. Thirty-one twenty-eight. You heard it here last. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, the game's going to be played in Pittsburgh. Anyways, more importantly, Jim is at Joe's Wall of NES Shame. games. Oh, I don't even think he like I distracted you. You didn't even have an idea where he pulled this. No, from. and I, you know what? Funny, no, I, I, I closed even... my own eyes, so I didn't. <laughs> right. I didn't look... Thanks for not knocking over the shelf. So <laughs> I'm gonna guess by the old slot on the wall. Wow. Uh, that doesn't sound right. No. Uh, it's on the lower tier. It's in the T's. It's, uh, I'm going to guess Tiger Heli. Nah? No. What is it? It is, I don't know if I knew that they did this, but Tecmo Baseball. Oh, yeah. Tecmo Baseball. Never played it. <laughs> Review over. <laughs> Let's talk about a better game, Tecmo Super Bowl. Now, no. that is a game. Um, but you've never played the tech, uh, Tecmo. Uh, I have not played but Tecmo. You love, you, you've played Mo. Tecmo football, and you love hockey. Isn't that like your favorite hockey, the Tecmo hockey? There is no Tecmo hockey. Um, What's a hockey one? You Blades love? of Steel. No, I mean, Tecmo baseball, I'm sure it's a very fine game. Um, it's a baseball game on the Nintendo Entertainment System. If you do want to play a Tecmo sports game, Tecmo Super Bowl is where it at. I actually have Tecmo Bowl. Right in the box on the top shelf. It's a black box with green letters. Was it Tecmo basketball that that Peter Griffin knew the hack to? That was a double dribble. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Tecmo Bowl. I'm sorry, Tecmo Baseball. Eh, whatever. It's a baseball game. A really fine baseball game, on the other hand, is Baseball Stars. That's a really fine baseball. And, of course, Bases Loaded is what Jim and I grew up on. Um, You bum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. You bum. I'm not going to review bases loaded. Anyways, Tecmo Baseball. Oh, you put the book away? You, you dialed not, out. You yeah, I know. Whatever. So Tecmo, like... ball, Tecmo Baseball. I don't know. I'm wasting everybody's time what now. What game are you playing this week? Um, actually, I downloaded a game for my computer. It's an older game called Broforce. Which is? Yeah, it's like a. It's kind of like a Contra game where you have to run and gun and basically shoot up like a bunch. Of, it's an over-the-top like 80s parody. Like It's in the style of a 16-bit game, but it's a new game. You you infiltrate these areas via helicopter and you come down, but you're you're playing as caricatures of '80s action stars, like you're playing like a Robocop or you're playing um, as uh, like Ram Bro. Like all of these big '80s names have Bro in there, and it's and called Bro Patrol, Bro Force. Bro for- now, yes or no? When Grunt goes out on his party bus, has he yes or no ever referred to him and his pals as Bro Force? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that's a lamp of all lamp Right. I'm going to say that. So that's my. That's what I'm playing. And, and it was like four bucks. So good. A good buy. It was on sale. So, anyways, I play on my computer. I'm do alone. Still, do you still play the Mega Man games? I do. You know what? I was just. Those were a lot of fun. Those are really, really. I have. Mo- I have one through five on the shelf. And then um, my son is playing Mega Man X, which was the Super Nintendo version. Yeah. yeah. It came with the Super Nintendo Mini that I got. Uh, recently, and uh, he now he, he now he's getting into like Super Nintendo games, like all right. Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, and all that stuff. So yeah, that was a, just a game that was really fun. That and what was it? Was it Treasure Island or Adventure? Oh, Adventure Island, Island. Hudson's yeah. Adventure. Like it Island. just kind of the screen just keeps going forward, kind of right. Yeah, like kind of right. It's like Mario. Where yeah, you're, type you're, deal, but yeah. you're like this fat Hawaiian guy. Yeah, yeah, and you're like on a like 
You're on a Fred Flintstone type skateboard or something. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you like you have to jump over rocks. And yeah, yeah. You have I to remember, collect fruit. Yeah, I remember. I remember playing that. Yeah, that's a fun game too. But it's a that was a kind of a bitch. So I have no, I have not watched anything this week. I, I can't do a Netflix review. Um, well, the only thing we're watching is we're going through Christmas movies, and management decided, and the boys haven't seen it, and, and stunningly. I've never seen, and this is going to be one of those get-out-of-the-house moments, um, it might be a bye, Felicia, moment from Joe to me, uh, we watched Gremlins the other night. Uh, you yeah. just watched Gremlins? Just watched Gremlins. Christmas. It, it, well, that's why. She's Christmas. like, you guys want to watch a Christmas movie? And she's like, she throws that in. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know this was a Christmas movie, and that, it takes place. That's one of the movies that started the whole PG-13 movement. Because it was rated PG when it came out in the theaters in 84. I went and saw it when I was, you know, eight. And um, the part where they microwave the <laughs> gremlin and, um, and it explodes, that was a little over the top. Um, there was just a lot of, like, grotesque, really scary. It's a really well, the scary fu- movie. The funny thing is the little guys kind of dialed out of it. And management is like, you watch The Walking Dead and you can't get through gremlins? They dialed out of it because it was boring? Uh, they, no, they were... They, they it, were nonplussed or were they were scary? They, there were some scary parts and oh. they're like, oh. And, and, and we were like, really? You play Resident Evil on a regular basis. Maybe because they found it to be like they're in a real world situation. Right. They're... They're minuscule little monsters, you know. Like they're they're small. Like they're smaller than them. Gremlins. Like maybe, yeah, exactly. I mean, Gremlins were just uh, that was that's a great great classic movie. So I don't have a review of the week, but I don't know if you because I know the Brian Regan special came out. I know Jed Apatow has a special that I want to watch that just came out. I haven't been watching much. I, I have been catch. I just subscribed to Hulu, so now. With my older son, we're watching old Seinfeld episodes on demand, which is, you know, fun to do. Isn't Silverman, Sarah Silverman's show? Yeah, so I haven't watched it yet. Uh, Sarah Silverman's I Love You, America. I don't, I haven't watched it yet. I know I probably would get into it, but I don't know. I'm just sort of dialed out on a lot of, like, the topical stuff online. I don't know. I just... I, Ever since John Stewart left The Daily Show, yeah. I, I kind of just tuned out of like all the topical political stuff that's on TV now. I'm an old man. I know. You got you got any last parting shots? You got a you got a parenting what, tip of the week? Oh, what are you watching? watching you watching? Nah, I haven't. I mean, um, I've slowed down a little bit on my Netflix watch, and I think I already talked about it. I might. I intend, hopefully, even maybe tonight. Getting into uh, the second season of The Queen is coming out. I do not recommend anybody watch it. It's probably going to bore the hell out of you for some reason. I like it. Um, it's, it's. I heard The Queen was pretty good. It, oh, no, it, I'm thinking of The Crown. Yeah. The, oh, maybe. Is that what I mean? The Crown? The Crown, I think, is what. That's like the the new. Like That's like. Season. It's season two just came out. Season two just came out December 8th. Did I, what I said I said The Queen. It's The Crown. I think it's The Crown. Yeah, yeah. I watched season one. It was. I thought it was excellent. Uh, most people that I, I've talked to that I've gotten to watch an episode or two. This is the show that I was talking about with, Is it what's his name there? Uh, he played... Uh, he played um, Church Winston Churchill. Uh, is it Lithgow? Lit- John Lithgow. John Lithgow, and and you know I think it's like the episode nine of season one. He has an amazing scene that he does just 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 this incredible job. Uh, but anyways, it, it's not a very fast moving season, but it, I, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was excellent from beginning to end. Um, but uh, anybody I recommended it to didn't necessarily agree with me. <laughs> uh, Probably because you were telling them to watch The Queen. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't find this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You yeah. suck. Yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, and maybe to tease what's coming up this Please week. Please do. Uh, today we're recording on what we like to call around here Star Wars Day, because yes. the Last Jedi has just premiered round the globe, and we haven't seen it yet. No, and we're going to do a sideshow and a complete review and breakdown of Star Wars this week. Right. The holiday special. <laughs> From 1978. 78? Yeah. So uh, you got a lot to look forward to. It is, uh, you've probably heard it's really bad. and um, Virtually unwatchable. And it's, it's worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you since revisited it. A little bit. And I'm, I'm glad I did. I, I, I really am. So that's going to be this week's sideshow. Uh, my parenting tip of the week is like, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. I'm trying really hard not to be too stressed out about it. I keep trying to remind myself in my parenting tip of the week. It's like, this is everything for the little bastards. So I'm trying to keep things in check and, and, and give them the Christmas that in like 40 years they can look back and say, uh, I don't know how my parents did that with all this crap going on, but yet we had an amazing Christmas. So suck up being a selfish dick to myself, I'm saying, and uh, give your kids uh, the Christmas season that th- they'll want to remember. You don't have anything to add? I, as far as I, I don't have a uh, the same thing. Like I said, don't let, don't let the stress of the holidays bother you when they're trying to knock over the tree with swords and your first instinct is to go into a blind rage, just resist yeah. <laughs> and uh, move forward. And- well, in my house, um, there's a better chance that I'm going to knock over the tree playing with swords. So maybe get on the phone with my management and let her know to take it easy on me so that the shit doesn't roll downhill and I take it out on them. Joseph? I don't have any parenting tip because I just uh, ignore my children. All the time. They're, they're older. I mean, that's the thing is that my kids are, you know, middle school, high school aged. So I, yeah, I think you can too stop. Too old to love is what you're saying. Too old to parent. I think you can just stop parenting. I've, I think my wife and I have done such a good job parenting them that they sort of self-parent. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Right. At, at one point, you're just doing harm. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's my opinion is just to sort of stand out of the way. Just get out of the way and let uh, nature take its course. And I just, you know, supply them with money and sometimes food, maybe shelter. So, um, yeah. My, my, and, and you don't hit them. No, no. What more can you really ask for in 2017? <laughs> right, exactly. I take care of my kids. <laughs> you want a cookie? <laughs> uh, so to wrap it up, the GOP is awful. We all agree. Uh, well, we NRA, don't all agree. NRA is a terrorist organization. <laughs> Stay tuned for this week's uh, sideshow. But above all else, do not forget. Oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> Dick Pie.